0: If you're a tennis fan, you'll love betting weekly game bet match on the Bet Rivers Network. Whether you're a better or just love tennis, you'll enjoy the in depth analysis each week of the tennis calendar. Subscribe to Game Bet Match today from your favorite podcast provider. You're listening to The Bullpen with Adam the Bull on the Bet Rivers Network. Welcome to the latest edition of The Bullpen with Adam the Bull brought to you by Bet Rivers. On today's podcast, I am thrilled to be joined by one of the best great play-by-play man, Ian Eagle. He's been working for CB for CBS forever. He'll be on the call of the Browns and the Steelers this Sunday and he joins me to talk about the Deshaun Watson injury, DTR uh, the future of football and a whole lot more. So, I and Eagle in just a moment. First, I want to let you know get extra value this football season with Bet River Squares. Win up to $10,000 in bonus money. Bet $10 in same game parlays on any game with the squares icon to earn a square. It's been a tough 24 hours or so since we've learned of the news of Deshaun Watson missing the rest of the season. We were at a a super high through Tuesday coming off the Browns win over the Ravens. It's been a bummer since, but now it's time to start picking it back up, uh, dusting yourself off and try to keep winning without your quarterback. Can the Browns do it? When we come back, the great Ian Eagle joins me to discuss that's next right here in the bullpen with Adam, the bull brought to you by bet rivers. You're in the bullpen with Adam, the bull on the bet rivers network. All right, welcome back. It's The Bullpen with Adam the Bull, and we're thrilled to be joined by great play-by-play man and, more importantly, a great human being, Ian Eagle of CBS. Ian, how are you? Thank you so much for joining me.
1: Adam, it's uh, great to be on with you. I I must admit, for many years, uh, I didn't realize you had a last name. I thought it was Adam, (laughs) middle name, the, last name, Bull. And I felt a connection with you because of the animal thing. I'm like, oh, that's awesome. Right. Adam Bull. No, it's it's, it's, not. it's a nickname. So now I, I get it now, but for yeah. a long time I didn't understand.
0: I'm sorry to to disappoint. You. No, I, never I, a disappointment. <laughs> Ian, you know it's so funny because I I see earlier in the week I'm like, okay, Ian's coming to Cleveland. It, you yeah. know, it's a big game when Ian's coming to town, and then of course Deshaun Watson gets hurt. As as from from a a broadcaster standpoint, how much of a bummer is that? Because, it, it, you know, the game has, a, you know, has lost some sure. of its luster with this injury.
1: You know, it's interesting. I've been doing NFL games on CBS for 26 years. And for many years, Adam, if I got a Cleveland assignment, it was not thought of as one of the upper tier <laughs> assignments. Right, yeah. So I was getting used to the idea that, oh, wow, the Browns are a really good assignment. This is a premier game, premier matchup. And I think because of all of those years of experience, I just don't get that worked up over the circumstances surrounding the game. I still have to prepare the same way. I'm still going to call it the same way. I'm still going to bring energy and passion and information. And look, what we've seen in the NFL, certainly this year, I mean, forever, but it feels like more so this year than in a long time, is the unpredictable nature of this league and players emerging that you didn't know a whole lot about, or they didn't have a very long resume and they pop in a given weekend. I had the game earlier this season when Baltimore came to Cleveland and we had our production meeting with the Browns on Friday and met with Deshaun Watson. And Deshaun said, Oh, I'm playing, you know, the shoulders uh, a little bit under a hundred percent, but I'll be fine. We met with coach Stefanski Saturday. He said, Yep, yeah, the plan is for him to play. And I think they were telling the truth. I don't believe that they were trying to mislead in any way. And then Sunday, we get there about nine forty-five, ten o'clock, Evan Washburn's on the field, and he reaches out over headset. He's like, hey, Deshaun's not playing. It's going to be Dorian Thompson-Robinson. DTR is in. So that game certainly came out of left field in the fact that the rookie had to step in and play, and he was overmatched. They, I believe, think that he is much better prepared this time around, full week of practice, some seasoning, tailoring things for him. And clearly, Adam, you're around it on an everyday basis. They believe behind the scenes that he gives them the best chance to win. The initial perception was, hey, PJ Walker handled his business and there's some experience there, but they're watching these guys every day. They know what they've got. It doesn't mean they're right, but I certainly think they have conviction in this decision, but it it's a huge hit that, yeah. that Watson's not going to be a part of it. Not that he was playing out of this world football, no. but you knew that there was a credible figure at that position. And with their defense... All they had to do was enough offensively to
0: win consistently. Yeah, and he was ticking up. He was finally starting to tick up a little Agreed. bit. Played through the injuries. It's ridiculous that he played with a broken shoulder. I mean, there was, I, you've been around so many athletes, Ian. I was stunned by the fact that there were former players, including two former Browns, basically accusing him of not wanting to play, not being tough. And then we find out he's playing. He played great. His best half of football is a Brown. In the second half last week against Baltimore, yeah. the broken shoulder. I think these questions about his toughness are out the window.
1: I think what's happened, Adam, this is a larger scope topic that I've noticed NFL, NBA, the two sports that I most cover. This had been the case in college basketball and college football before. But now more than ever, those two other sports, the head coaches have become team spokespeople. They are the ones that are front and center. They are the ones that are dealing with the messaging to the media. They're meeting with the media more than any other figure. You don't really talk to GMs. You don't hear from them. It's an occasional press conference here or there. And often that messaging can be confusing. And I don't know exactly with the Browns. And we were right in the thick of it that week. Mm -hmm. And then following again, you would have a great handle on this and and your listeners and viewers would. That's where it went a little bit sideways as to, did he want to play? Did the team tell him not to play? Is he keeping himself out? Is it the medical staff? And because of the mystery of that, we often draw our own conclusions based on the information that we have. And it doesn't mean that we have all the information as we know. So I do think Something got lost in the wash there, and you're right. It did lead to a number of people questioning whether or not Deshaun Watson was taking himself out. I don't believe that was the case, and now obviously we have official word that he's got a serious injury, a couple of them, the yeah. high ankle sprain throw in there as well. That was not going to keep him out for the year, but that was also going to limit him potentially this week in this game against Pittsburgh.
0: I and when you look at um... – the matchup with the Steelers here, it's, it's a tough spot to put DTR in, right? We talked about the game you called where they put him in against the Ravens. And obviously he didn't have the whole week to prepare, but this is a tough, you know, this is not going up against the bears or, you know, some of these other teams, the Steelers have given the Browns, as you know, nightmares. Uh, You've got, uh, I don't know. I don't think the starting right tackle who was actually the second right tackle, Uh, is going to play. He hasn't practiced in two weeks, so I'm guessing you're going to go with James Hudson, who's been killed by D.J. Watt in the past. You go with a guy in Garen Christian at left tackle, who did a you know solid job last week, but a lot of inexperience. So th- even though he has more time to prepare, this is still a-, a challenging spot, I would say, for DTR.
1: Yeah, I think right now these two teams are actually, based on the Watson injury, in very similar situations. They know they've got a good defense. Cleveland is ranked number one. I think top to bottom, they have been the best unit. The rankings don't always indicate who's the best. In this particular case, at this stage of the year, I would say they've been the most complete defensive team in the NFL. Their pass rush is legit. Uh, We recognize that uh, they've got playmakers at every level. And it's not just the stars. Uh, If you look last week, what Ford did stepping in, and making a big play. And we've seen this time and time again. They've got rotational defensive linemen that they're very comfortable with. And it it doesn't have to be just the star power. So Pittsburgh has a very similar feeling. Their rankings are not nearly as good, but they've been very opportunistic and they've been timely. And when they've needed turnovers, they've gotten them. Mm -hmm. They've created the most turnovers in the NFL. Cleveland has actually turned the ball over more than any team in the NFL and then offensively because of the Watson injury, they're going to lean on their run game and Pittsburgh is doing the same. They finally found something the last two weeks. It's the combination of Harris and Warren. They're not just asking Najee Harris to be the bell cow. They've figured out a system that works for them. And it doesn't hurt when you found a little something on the offensive line, which they have. So, I think both teams recognize that they're not going to blow anybody's doors off offensively. Uh, Cleveland, if they can put DTR in some comfortable spots, work and tailor the offense this week to him, you know, I can only go off what I've seen in the past. Uh, there's certainly enough, not enough pro tape. I'm not going to look at the preseason tape and go, okay, yeah, that's right. what's yeah. going to happen. You watch his college stuff and, and you see that he, is a guy that can do things off schedule and he can create on his own. But I think what Stefanski is going to try to do is really put him in some stuff that just gives him some confidence, whether that is dump off screens, short passing game, maybe some design plays to get him out in the open, get him on the move, use his legs it's it's not something where they can reinvent the wheel, but I do believe that Kevin Stefanski has the knowledge and the touch to come up with a game plan that can win games with DTR in that spot.
0: Ian, uh, many moons ago in the NFL, you could win with great defense and yeah. middling or even worse offense. In recent years, we haven't seen that. People bring up Nick Foles, but as much as Nick Foles is a journeyman, In that postseason, he played like a superstar. He did. The Browns obviously have the defense. They have the running game. They've got the coaching, in my opinion. But obviously, unless DTR pulls off a Brock Purdy, they don't have the quarterback. But we've seen, it started, I think, last year, and it's clearly happening this year, where for the first two years in a long time, things seem to be trending back towards defense. Mm. Are we getting to the point where we might see a team again be able to win a Super Bowl with serviceable at best play on offense?
1: Great question. I think looking at w- what we saw last year with Kansas City and Philadelphia, they were clearly the two best teams in the NFL. They both had dynamic playmakers at the quarterback position. Philadelphia's defense was legit and for real. And Kansas City came around. They got to that place where they got enough defensively. Ironically, I actually think they're better defensively than they were, but they're not as good offensively. They just don't have quite the the mystique that they've had in previous years. Doesn't mean it won't happen. It could. With Mahomes, they could just go on a run where they're scoring 30, 35 points a game, and that's the concern for the Pittsburghs, the Clevelands of the world, where – You do have one side handled, but a dynamic offense Mm -hmm. can beat a really good defense in this current day and age. And I think that's why we haven't seen what you alluded to coming back around in the NFL. You just have guys that are so adept at the quarterback position. You have explosive playmakers, and you could keep them down. You could limit them. But at some point, they're going to get theirs. And that's going to be the concern for for both of these teams in the AFC North. It it felt like Baltimore was ready to separate, in my mind. Mm -hmm. And they didn't. Cleveland rallies. They did something they never did, Adam. Within the AFC North, the Browns had never won a game where they trailed by 15 or more. Ever. And they did it last week. So it showed you the progress And the job that that Jim Schwartz has done. Uh, Ultimately, I think he's really helped this team. And he's given the defense something to believe in. They had the pieces and the parts, and it just never came together. But to answer your question in a roundabout way, I I don't know if I'm ready to to go there. You know, you look at the tiers right now. You've got Philly, San Francisco. And then Detroit is right there. Maybe just a touch below because the other two teams have shown it in the postseason. but man, Detroit is really fantastic offensively. And then in the AFC, it's Kansas city. And then take your pick. You know, there was a stretch where Jacksonville looked like they were a legitimate team and Miami looked like they were a legitimate team. Cincinnati bumps in the road, Buffalo bumps in the road, AFC North, they're all competitive, but are they good enough? Right. So that's what we're dealing with right now. Which team emerges to truly challenge KC and the AFC?
0: Yeah, I think most people still think it's Cincinnati, If you know, especially if they beat Baltimore on Thursday night football. Yep. And if Cincinnati does beat Baltimore on Thursday night football, then the Pittsburgh-Cleveland game will be for first place. Amazing. Which is crazy because they're, you know, the way it is. And I, I think you are right. I think we're not there yet, even though it's been moving in a defensive way. Yep. A lot of people here in Cleveland, maybe it's just blind hope because it's better than depression. Feel like the Browns' defense is going to come out and win this game, and because the Steelers' offense is challenged, also that it's possible. I I happen to be one of those crazy people. Uh, Do you expect this to be a close game? I guess what my question is: Do you expect the Browns to play inspired football or depressed football because they lost their leader? What do you? No, I I would say the the floor you've seen from this team.
1: Yeah, I'd say the former, based on when it happened during the week. They just looked shell-shocked in that game against Baltimore. And yep. I don't think that's going to happen again. Uh, I do think they'll be better prepared. I do think there'll be a game plan. I think DTR is going to play better than he did. Uh, I, I would tell you that the only thing that would give me caution compared mm-hmm. to the first meeting with Pittsburgh is that the Steelers are running the football with a lot of confidence now, and they were not back then. If my memory serves, they held them to 55 yards rushing in the first game. That's not going to happen again. The Steelers have committed to it. They've made some changes. They've made some adjustments. And I do believe that now this team has gotten back to who they are in the spirit of what they do offensively. The concerns for Pittsburgh are they don't work the middle of the field in the passing game. Everything is sideline, sideline, sideline. And at some point, they're going to have to to cut it loose and allow Kenny Pickett to try to pick apart a defense. Matt Canada, uh, we know that he's gotten a lot of criticism in the Pittsburgh area. They are not at a place yet where they fully trust the second-year QB. That's just my opinion watching the games. And if you want to really compete, at some point you're going to have to get to that place.
0: All right, let's wrap it up with this. I want to give you a moment to gush about your son. Uh, <laughs> it's very impressive. I'll tell Thank you, God. you know, he is – we were actually just having this conversation uh, on our TV show off the air about how good – we were like oh, – because somebody said – I can't remember what game it was, but sometime over the last few weeks, somebody was like, who was calling that game? And I said, that's Ian Eagle's son. He's fantastic. <laughs> and he has really done – he has done a tremendous job. You must be so proud. Oh, uh, beyond.
1: Beyond, uh, I'm telling people he's my brother now because <laughs> I, I, I don't like the math. Okay? A lot of people are figuring things out. Like, wait, your son is doing that. That means you must be. Mm. So if if I'm going to invariably bad. lie about my age anyway, at some point mm. I might as well start now. Yeah, uh, it, it's been really cool. It's been uh, obviously just uh, beyond surreal because he's experiencing so many of the things that I experience, So there's now this other layer and level of our relationship that we can have conversations. Most of our conversations are not broadcast related, but we can get into deeper discussions about approach and philosophy and how to handle situations and vocabulary and tone and, and all these things. So it's been, it's been wild. And, uh, I got to tell you, it's also nerve wracking. Oh, sure. It, it's not me out there. If it's me, I I know I can control it. I know that I have a handle and command on yeah. what I'm doing. When it's your kid, you know, you're just along for the ride, like everybody else. But yeah. it, it's been great. Thanks, Adam. I right, thank you so much for joining. Thank me. you, Bud.
0: Appreciate you, man. You're in the bullpen with Adam the Bull. Fantastic talking with the great Ian Eagle. Uh, Again, he'll be on the call on CBS Sunday one o'clock, along with Charles Davis, along with Evan Washburn. It is the best team. They are they do a fantastic job as a crew, and Ian is just the best. He gave us some great insight and some thoughts on the preparation of DTR this week and how he will have more time to get ready and be prepared for the Steelers team than the last time he saw them and we saw him. Uh, against the Ravens, that's gonna do it for me today. I am gonna do a, a I did a bonus Wednesday podcast because of the Watson injury, which I didn't have to do that. I'll do a bonus Friday podcast, a small one uh, after we get the results of the Bengals Ravens to see if the Browns will be playing for first place on Sunday. That's coming up. until then, thanks to Brian Monzo for producing. Thanks to Ian Eagle for being my guest. I'll talk to you next time, where else? but right here in the bullpen with Adam, the bull brought to you by bet rivers. See ya. Thanks for listening to the bullpen with Adam, the bull on the bet rivers network.